This is Podcast Invasion Earth, Twitter 150 AD. <laughs> up to episode 18 now, and uh, with me as always are Andrew. Hello. And Stephen. Oh. And uh, due to the sad death of Chris Lee, our main subject of this episode is just going to be a whole ramble about uh, Chris Lee's films, uh, the other stuff he did. We'll... we'll uh, knowing what we're like, we'll go off on tangents. We'll probably, it'll probably end up being more a Hammer Horror talk than anything else. On how we can go. We didn't just do Hammer. Horror. I know. You know <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was that was his bugbear for practically the whole of them. I didn't just do Hammer. Hammer, 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 Hammer. Yeah, I'm Hammer. But yeah, Hammer, Hammer. Uh, See, tangent already, yeah. there we go But, uh, get start with the Did news he, Was he ever on the Muppet Show? I think he was I, think I he can't was. remember if he was I think he was I'm sure he was I don't think so, Vincent Price was Yes, I met the S Because it's an episode I've seen about a dozen times Um I'm going to have to think about it Yeah, well, I think whether you'd be You'd think that would be his sort of thing I remember seeing... Saturday Night Live with him on it, which is, he was probably one of the proudest things he ever did. Um, but yeah, um, yes, yes, anyway, yeah. carry on. Anyway, uh, and in this section, it's, I mean, it's going to be, news. yeah, in other news. Uh, I mean, news of Chris Lee's death came out the same day as the news of two other sad showbiz deaths. Uh, the first uh, early in the morning that I heard about was uh, Von Moody, a uh, long-time veteran actor, Yes. Uh, most well-known Fagin and Oliver. Um, uh, for, for me, uh, Belloc in... Um, not Belloc. Um, Rothko in uh, Into the Labyrinth yeah. as well. I shall deny you the nights. Um, and, and also, uh, at one point, uh, potential Doctor Who. Potential uh, third Doctor. Uh, yes, and possibly even fourth as well, I think. Yeah. There was, there was two times when yeah. you took consideration. Um, but, yeah, uh, just a nice chap. Met, I met him years ago, and he was just kind of, just as you would expect, yeah. just kind of just a nice... Jovial and and still active, you know. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been in East Enders recently. Yep. And actually, it's yeah, weird. It, because, oh, sorry, to, it's weird because on the same day we lost two Sherlock Holmeses, because we lost uh, Christopher Lee, who was of course Sherlock Holmes in The Deadly Necklace, and also two TV movies, but also Ron Moody because Ron had been Sherlock Holmes in the theatre. Uh, in Sherlock Holmes the musical yeah. as well so we lost two Sherlock Holmeses on the same day yeah. but uh, yeah these things happen yeah. and uh, I mean uh, Nils Chris appeared in the afternoon because I, I was confused because someone had changed the picture to him on a Facebook and I thought oh went and checked the news and said oh no Von Moody's died yeah, that's, okay. not, his, that's <laughs> not as bad as one TV station that announced uh, Christopher Lee's death with a picture of Peter Cushing ah okay <laughs> Yeah. Nothing hit more I than a bunch of enthusiastic amateurs. Yeah. No, they got the news mixed up. Peter. Yeah. Peter Cushing is getting married to Whippy Goldbug. And she will be known as Whippy Cushing. What? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> the old ones are the best. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so, <laughs> yes, uh, and in other news. Yeah, uh, so then in the evening uh, came news that the uh, American professional wrestler Dusty Rhodes uh, had passed away. Uh, again, not knowing, I mean, I know most of us here aren't into the wrestling as much, but I, I first saw some Silver Vision VHS tapes of the Survivor Series years ago. thought, Who's this nutcase in the polka dots? The name, the name rang a bell, but and I'd, I'd been I'd been a fan of his ever since. Uh, his two sons, uh, Dustin and Cody, are both big WWE wrestlers as well. He had in the eighties he had a, an amazing feud with Ric Flair, and did some amazing promo work. Uh, they they were basically the proper arch rivals. Uh, in a promotion for quite some time, and he had one of my favourite entrance themes of all time, the the common man boogie that just brings a big smile to my face every time I hear it, and just a daft little thing. He'd been my tag team partner in the most recent wrestling game I've played for a year and a half after he beat me at the Royal Rumble. We've had matching polka dot outfits, <laughs> so yeah, a daft wee thing, but yeah. Yeah, you'll be very much missed. Uh, even, uh, even if now a lot of people know him for his, uh, what was known as the insane dusty commentary on episodes of Botchamania. Uh, his shout to his shout of uh, he's got a bicycle. Uh, well, well known to anyone who's watched that series. I'll, I'll explain that to you later. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, you'd be much missed. So, apart from any other news, anyone's? No. <laughs> no, it's been actually quite quiet. Um, yeah. Video game-wise, uh, well, E3 uh, happened, but film, not film, much film, I'm invested in. Film-wise, I suppose the, the, the big news is that Jurassic World was the first film to open with a £500 million yeah. weekend. Down to uh, simultaneous release date? Down to simultaneous, yes. <laughs> I, I did point that out on, on my Facebook. That, oh, I knew you know, someone had a good oh, memory. Yes, it was me. Yeah. And I went, oh, well, big deal, so what? That's because it was released simultaneously throughout the world. Most yeah. things are staggered. It's either, you know, yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron was released a week is it not more? Is it, UK, is it not slightly more important as to whether the movie was any good or not? Well, that's the thing. it doesn't always correlate. Well, that's the thing, you see, a lot of movies now, they do do these simultaneous releases so that they can basically make their money in before word gets around, it's a pile of shit. Mm. Um, well, it's depending on who you believe, may or may not be. <laughs> uh, well, I've, I've heard different... I've, I've, I've heard, heard different wildly different. Of, of, you know, uh, it sounds as if it's actually good. Um, and then there's small minority saying that it's it's a load of shape. It's a load of shape. Well, you're always going to get the you're always going to get yeah. these morning dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so someone uh, that I I did um, I did see wrote that uh, the only the only good thing about it was the theme tune. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Because obviously, John holy shit, fucking dinosaurs! <laughs> what the fuck, dinosaur? Uh, the two best friends, uh, video gaming channel, did a whole week of Jurassic Park games, right. and they were singing that at some point, almost every episode. Uh, I think of one interesting bit of video gaming news from E3. There's a new Transformers game coming out. It's original generation one. They're getting most of the original voice actors back. 
And it's being developed by Masters of Action Games, Platinum Games. And it's coming out on my console, so I'm happy. <laughs> so one Just the... your console? Nobody else yeah. is getting it? No, no one else is no. getting it. <sighs> OK, party around Gordon says. Uh, <laughs> um, Message the committee on Twitter. He didn't block me. He said, right, you're getting it. <laughs> no, they've got Peter Cullen and Frank Welker both coming back as Prime and Megatron. Cool. They've got Soundwave and Bumblebee's original voice artists coming back and it's all done in 3D cell shaded cartoon style and looks absolutely amazing uh, the only way they can make it better than it looks is if they can somehow license the Transformers the movie soundtrack and use it the same way Platinum have used songs in other games and boss battles um, but uh, it looks just really really good what other news is there? Um, just to say that uh, uh, if um, uh, anyone uh, thinks that conventions are dead, I just attended a, a very nice convention two weeks ago, Fibble X7, which was very old school and uh, loved it. It was great. Just really nice old school style convention, as opposed to the current crop yes. conventions at the moment. Uh, it's, it's, it's why I always say how I loved Redemptions. Redemption is just... A proper old school convention. Yeah. The guests are kind of secondary to you being there with all your pals and. Well, this one had guests, but you kind of it was kind of all inclusive, and it was quite. It was it was value for money, and yeah. it was great fun, and folk kind of folk spoke to each other. Yes, and the guests had time. It wasn't to chat, yeah, it wasn't queues and, it wasn't and everything. Although it's queues, there's always queues. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's yeah. you know that's inevitable. But it, yeah, it was it was just it was really good fun. It didn't feel like a chore, and it didn't. And it all went pie-eyed towards the end because they'd kind of spent too much time making it jovial, but they kind of sorted it out. Thank you, Ian. You did a massive, massive, massively good job on the convention, and please don't let it put you off that it did kind of go tits up towards the end because everyone loved it. Okay, bring on the next. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, but on the other side, we've got other bigger events happening and... The major news this week is that, yes, a rather large event has managed to get Sigourney Weaver to do a signing. Price tag, £95. For yes. a photo, £95 for an autograph. Thanks, but no thanks. No. And that's all I'm saying on that one. Yeah. Mm. We, will, we will discuss that amongst ourselves yes. later. Yes. To spend, to spend nearly £100 on a signature is an alien concept. Oh. <laughs> I'm shocked today. <laughs> it saves her having to resurrect, have a resurrection on her career. <laughs> I, I, Maybe I, she can just sign her avatar. Actually, I've just kind of related and kind of have routine news recommendations. I've been playing Alien Isolation. <laughs> and shitting yourself it silly. It is an absolutely amazing it. game. <laughs> I've seen some of your posts. And it's the first game that's really taken all its cues from the original Alien rather than Aliens. Uh, Which, back to the discussion we had in the last podcast, is precisely why I like the first Alien the best, because it gets under your skin. Aliens yes. doesn't. That's but, uh, the thing. I've seen the Alien a grand total of once in the couple of hours I've played it. <laughs> that's not stopped me being absolutely paranoid the whole time because it's a bit like watching The Haunting you're hearing all these noises around everywhere but not actually seeing anything and even on uh, Xbox 360 the last generation it, a lovely looking game the design aspect of it is 
fantastic. It's the Futures designed in 1979. And I highly recommend it. If you've got the means to play it, I highly recommend it. Uh, unless you are real scared of this. Because it will freak you. <laughs> it's the first time I've been absolutely paranoid playing a game in a, a six or seven years. Uh, oh, in, in other news, and I'll, I'll give a shout out because it's just kind of plugging stuff here. Uh, just basically because I like it. Um, I got um, just before the weekend, and I still haven't watched the whole thing yet because it's about 10 hours worth of footage plus an extra disc of whatever. Uh, it's a documentary called Leviathan and it covers Hellraiser and Hellbound and the extras cover Hell and Earth as well. Uh, and it's a documentary about how it came to be, how it was made, and it's just brilliant. It's a basic kind of... If you're familiar with the, the Doctor Who DVDs and stuff like that, uh, which is kind of like talking heads and yeah. it's just basically people chatting to camera, it's that kind of format. But it's brilliant. They've they've interviewed about 40, 50 different personnel from the films. Um, and it's great. It's uh, trust me, it doesn't involve Clive for obvious reasons, which um are explained in the, in the documentary. Um but it's it's great. You've got Doug Bradley, you've got um Claire Higgins, you've got Oliver Cotton, you've got um Andrew Robinson, you've got most of the principals that were involved with film, Kenneth Cranham, uh, Imogen Boyman, you've got most of the principals that were involved with the films, um, and just basically, it's the story of how they were made through their eyes, and Bob Keane, and it's just, just wonderful. If you love the films, you'll love the documentary, yeah. and you will learn stuff that you didn't know, and you'll hear from their own lips stuff yeah. that you did know. But yeah, I'll give it a plug. And, and it's very good. remind me another uh, kind of bit of news... Uh, just behind the scenes movie making. Uh, Vic Baker is a retiring uh, maker of so, so many amazing prosthetics and animatronic oh, makeup yeah. effects over the years. Legend, absolutely. Uh, Mountain Wolf in London being the most and, and, and the reason is, is just heartbreaking as well. Yeah, the, he, he's just, just CGI's to the over, yeah. Which is just sad. Because uh, if Espe- you... Especially in light of there being a Jurassic Park film being yeah. released around about the same time. And, 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 and the Star precise... Wars one as well. Yeah, because yeah. you would think that's precisely where his talents would come but, into uh, this He's holding a big auction of a lot of the old original props. Uh, if you look on, I think it's a tested YouTube channel, mm. there's a couple of videos on there uh, showing some of the stuff, including his amazing Gremlins yes. that he did for Gremlins 2. And uh, it's, it is heartbreaking to see someone yeah, yeah. like that um, retire, but uh, oh, his work will be long, long remembered. And long, long, long seen and long, long scared the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get back to, yeah, getting the shit scared out of you. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I, I think primarily I'll, I'm probably familiar with him for just... American Werewolf in, in London yeah. is, is probably the peak of, because of, it was so advanced of its time. Uh, I mean, his, he's he worked on a whole lot of stuff since then, but I still think American Werewolf in London is just, that that's yeah. kind of the, the thing that kind of is his spotlight. Because yeah, the, the signature. It was, yeah, that, you know, everything after that is kind of on the same plane, but that was the first and it was just kind of just out there. Just wonderful stuff. Brilliant. Did the the, the will fix the transformation in that is just 
you cannot see the joint at all. It is just wonderful. Yeah, my my cousin was a bit obsessed with that movie, so I saw the transformation scene about a dozen times. I've probably only actually seen the whole movie maybe once. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, just anyway. Thanks, thanks for all the 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 the, the, the scares, Rick. Yeah, and uh, good luck with the option. And with that, I think that's unless anyone's got anything else, Andrew. Well, that's it for the news. We're going to take a wee break and then come back and talk about the amazing career of uh, Christopher Lee. And we're back. Hello. Hello, little lady. No. <laughs> and just since I've been told to, just a hello to Flynn. And all the other ardent, avid listeners. Thank you very much. Well, listener. <laughs> <laughs> Message arrived during a break. <laughs> well, we've got at least three. <laughs> um, well, we, well, four. I'm sure we listen to ourselves and flip. There you go, four. No, yeah. <laughs> so, hello. hello. Myself. It's an echo. Hello, faithful viewer. <laughs> you are <laughs> fatal listener. So, uh, Christopher Lee died. Yes, Christopher <laughs> Lee died. Uh, and I mean, it's again, it's one. That's Let, really, let's not uh, do that this week, where every second sentence is us going. Anyway, Thunderbirds. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Christopher Lee. But yeah, uh, definitely one to hit all of us a bit. Yeah, because he's just been. He's been he's, such a part of the, the, the movie and television landscape for so long. I think he's pretty much integral to so much of stuff that I like yeah. as well. I mean, be it The Hammer Horrors, Space 1999, um, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. I mean, you name it, he's pretty much been there, done that. Yeah. Over Got 250 movie roles. Yep. Uh I haven't entirely confirmed, but allegedly the most uh, roles of anyone on the net movie database as an actor. Which Not all of it great, what's, what it has to be said, but, and he would admit that himself, <laughs> and has done but it this But let's and the, this is one of the reasons, I say to people, I'll watch any old shite with <laughs> Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing in it. Is that they're still great. Yeah. The, it doesn't matter, no how, matter how... They, they kind of... Elevate the movie. They never took the piss or went in yeah. on autopilot. Yeah, absolutely. They were they were seasoned, old school actors. That was yeah. You know, and there's not a lot of them left nowadays. No. I don't think. Um, they were they were of the old school where it was kind of, yeah, you know, that was what you did. You know, you. I think as as Christopher said uh, once when you he did one film, some it was a critic. Said to him, "What? Well, why are you doing this? This, this, this is so beneath you." And he goes, "You've got to pay the mortgage, yeah. or you've you've got to pay yeah. the bills." And I think the, the the quote I read was something along the lines of, uh, "Actually, I can't remember now." But something about you, no matter what role you take, you always take it with good grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think he's quoted many times as saying, "This is what I do. Mm-hmm. This, you know, 
If you get a five million pound a movie, yes, you can pick and choose what you want to do. But mm-hmm. if you've got a mortgage to pay, you just keep working, working, and working. That's the thing. That's I mean, if no, it's in your passport, actor, you yeah. act. Yeah. If you're not acting, I mean, Mike, yeah. Michael Caine's fully admitted to the same sort of oh, thing. Yeah. He'll do anything, and in his cases, if you he maybe wasn't taking too seriously. Hello, the swarm. <laughs> and the advantage of being an actor, in which, in which he's perfectly all right as well. The, adva- the advantage, the advantage of being an actor. Is that if he takes on a role that's crap, you can pretend it's good. And <laughs> yeah. Act, act that, oh, yeah, this is a great part. <laughs> Would you be surprised how many actors actually do give some of their best performances in the biggest pile of crap out? Uh-huh. Just basically because that's unjustifying himself. Marco McDowell is fucking great in Caligula. Shite film, but his performance is wonderful. Um, so you know yeah. it's I mean, a, a, a couple of pages you can look up on again sorry if anyone goes here and ends up never leaving TV <laughs> Tropes website there's pages for like Money Dear Boy which is films that people have just done for the money <laughs> and it's also Awesome Dear Boy which is movies and TV that people have just done because oh this will be awesome um, I mean another, another one in the same vein is Lawrence Olivier when he I think I think actually was Michael Caine that sort of recommended to him that when they were working on Sleuth in the seventies. I believe so, yeah. When uh, Michael was sort of saying when basically Lawrence was fairly impoverished and kind of not really living that much of a life. I think Sleuth came along, he got offered it, and Michael saw the, the state he was in, and Michael said, "How? What? What the hell is going on? What? You know, I'm living the lap of luxury because I'm doing all these film roles. You're better than me." You could be doing the same, and Lawrence sort of poo-pooed and went, no, 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 I don't do film, I don't do... And Michael sort of said to him, okay, fine, can I put you in touch with my agent, or or, or put you in touch with somebody, and they'll get you jobs, trust me, okay? Just bear with me. And um, before they'd actually finished filming Sleuth, Lawrence came back up to him and and sort of said, "Um, yes, your your man got back in touch with me, and um, I'm doing this film. And said, Michael, oh, it's all right, do you, do you like the role? And Lawrence goes, shook, shook his head and went, no, not really. He went, all right, do you like the director? No, no, not really. <laughs> do, do, do you like the, the, the script? He went, no, no, I haven't seen it. He goes, Michael goes, so what did you like? And he went, the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. The paycheck. Mm-hmm. I think that is, uh, that's possibly where they're all doing it for the money page. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure that's part it's, of the It's two different things, you, you know, it's two yeah. different things. If... You know, you can be up your up yourself to a degree. I mean, most actors nowadays will do television work to subsidise doing theatre work, and it's yeah. it's kind of or do the big movies, or do the big movies because movies. they want to do the little movies. Or I mean, you know. Bruce Willis even did that for a little bit. He was doing bigger movies and yeah. then doing little ones. Yeah, and and now he's doing just seems to be doing little movies here and there and not doing any big... It's, it's, yeah, Bruce is... It's weird at the minute. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's not being offered any diehards at the moment. I wonder why. <laughs> the last one's not that bad. Oh, no, I wasn't even thinking about the quality of the movies. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> uh, the fact he's an old... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. That he might be just a wee bit difficult to work with. Uh, the, well... He's. We're going off on tangent here. He's fine to work with apparently, but when it comes down to PR work, I think he just he just doesn't, doesn't want to shit. do it. Yeah. Uh, yes, I've I've seen the infamous interview for Red Two, which you're just thinking, 
Well, you're not even bothering you, are you? You're, you're just basically taking the money and you've already run. You've just you're, you're phoning in this interview, haven't you? It's, and as soon as you do that, if you're not doing publicity, if you're not kind of plugging your film, then the producers ain't going to be uninterested. Yeah. Anyway, so Christopher Lee. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was for Gordon because I started my um, um, little splurge on comedy. Yeah. Uh, with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Um, I was out the other week with Christopher Lee and Timmy Mallet, and we all got absolutely hammered. Timmy Mallet had to go home because <laughs> he had a sore head, ironically. So it was just myself and Peter and uh, Peter. Why did I keep saying Peter Cushing? Self and Christopher Lee were looking for somewhere to eat. So first we went to uh, the Pizza Hut. And uh, the first thing the waiter came up and said to, said to Christopher Lee, with a big smile on his face, would you like garlic bread? <laughs> now, this is not impressed Christopher Lee one bit. So he hit, he hit the waiter and we left. And I said, well, we'll try KFC. And he went, no, same problem. There's a garlic problem with KFC. I said, there's no garlic KFC. He goes, yeah, it's fine garlic and good. <laughs> <laughs> so I says, right, okay. What about the Aberdeen Steakhouse? He goes, nah, my heart's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's. We tried McDonald's. He said, uh, <laughs> he said, that milkshake. What flavours have you got? And he went, strawberry, banana or chocolate. And he goes, I'll have a banana one, please. And so he went, oh, it's not working. I'll have a strawberry one, please. It's not working. And the people in the shop couldn't believe when they heard Christopher Lee saying, just give me a bloody milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of double takes. <laughs> I think that's it. There might be more. Did, did they go clubbing? Clubbing. Yeah, they could have got a disc jockey. Disc jockey, yes. What, what MC did they get? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You can't touch your doom, Forgotten you had a cartoon, so... Oh, God. Did he, did he not guest appearance on the, the Mr T animated show at some point or something? He might have. No. Maybe the same animated show. It, it was the top ten celebrity animated shows, and I'd forgot... I remember Mr T, I'd forgotten about MC Hammer. And I didn't know about the Mike Tyson one, which I've now seen, and it's amazing. It's another Scooby-Doo gone a bit wrong one. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, Chris Philly. Anyway, Chris <laughs> I'm actually... I'm, I was trying to think of what the first thing I would have seen him in was, and I can't think of anything specific. It was probably Space 1999 or Hammer, random Hammer showing on the television, mm. but I can't directly point to that and say, oh, that's the first time I saw him in mm. something. Uh, no, me neither. No. Strangely enough, I, 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 I couldn't put my finger on. It would have probably either been one of the first Dracula ones, or like you say, the Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. So I think the fact that the hammers were shown semi regularly. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I know the first time I kind of sat down and watched it a lot in one go was when Channel Four had a, a season of them late I th- night I ones. Think probably the first time he came into my sort of purview. Hate that expression, but the first thing was um, 
and this is really weird and random, but the, the whole sort of thing is weird and random anyway, was uh, my uncle Jim used to play records. And I would, I'd look to the cover to Band on the Run. And we'd ask my uncle Jim, who's that, who's that, who's that, who's that? And of yeah. course, Christopher Lee is on the cover as one of the runaways, the, the criminals, on the cover of Band on the Run, oh, along right. with, I think it's Michael Parkinson... <laughs> Maybe Kenny Lynch, but I can't remember. Uh, but I can't remember the other ones. But he's kind of one of the random criminals that's on yeah. the cover for Band on the Run. That's probably when he first came into my, because I didn't recognise him. Yeah. You know. Um, apart from that, probably the, the first thing I remember him from is probably Man with the Golden Gun, James Bond. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, either from clips on Clapperboard or or actually seeing the film, or just basically. On the cover of the book, you know, the, the sort of the, the movie tie-in. Yeah. It's probably the first time. I'd... And even then, even though I didn't know him as being Dracula, I would associate him with being Dracula because that's... Yeah. That's the kind of... Always, you know, image, yeah. the connotation is James Bond meets Dracula or whatever. Yeah. So it was already in my subconscious of, okay, that's Dracula, which always kind of weirded me out. It's not until this has happened that you kind of look back and think, I would have known him as Dracula before I'd known him as Dracula. Yeah. Which is just <laughs> curious, you know. Um, but yeah, probably that. So yeah, probably Band on the Run or, as I say, Man with the Golden Gun. And then, obviously, a little later on for The Wicker Man. It's, and that's yeah. probably still kind of the, the thing that I majorly associate him with. But yeah, just just a legend. Just that's, I mean... You, it, it's weird because you you kind of think of his, his, his film career and it's not until something like this happens that the rest of his life is suddenly revealed. I mean, yeah. you kind of knew bits and bobs about it. But you find out that he was kind of serving in Sicily and serving in Malaya and serving yeah. in the Second World the, War. The Ministry of Ungentlemanly yes, Warfare. Yes. And then started hunting down Nazi criminals and all that. And this is all before he's even yeah. 25. Because it's and the you, line about think, some... And you think this is the kind yeah. of life that somebody would, would lead it's for their entire life. It's what discussing with Peter Jackson about uh, Salmon's death scene. Yes. And him saying, just matter-of-factly, no, I know exactly what it sounds yes. like when someone gets stabbed yes, in the back. Peter, I, I want you to imagine uh, what, it, what it feels like, oh, God, the, the sound of someone being stabbed in the back. And Christopher responded, I don't need to imagine. Yeah. And you just think, you know, wow. I mean, this, this, is, this, is, this is a guy that, you know, uh, it was the, the, the son of a baroness and spent most of his, his youth in Switzerland. His cousin was Ian Fleming. And, and it's, it's, yeah. you know, um, and you're just, you're just kind of thinking, you know. The this, descendant this, of Charlemagne this, as well. Yes, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> You just think this this is the life that someone else has led and you're thinking and then he leads another life and then yeah. uh, and you know, he's and led then three different lives. At the age of eighty nine started releasing heavy metal albums. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which just, are awesome. Oh God. But I, I, there's um a wonderful story, um and I read it elsewhere, so it's it's second hand here, folks, but it, it's wonderful. Um Sometime, it must have been about the 80s or something, and uh, they uh, they were both doing the sort of the American circuit or whatever, and um, they bumped into each other, and this is Christopher Lee and John Pertwee, okay? Person dear to our hearts. Yeah. 
um, both raconteurs and both wonderful storytellers. Yeah. Sometimes far-fetched, sometimes fantouche, sometimes just basically arbitrarily made up. But uh, on one occasion, that they bumped into each other and they'd kind of been doing a little kind of keeping up with the Joneses' one-upmanship with the storytelling. And uh, John Pertwee uh, came up to him and sort of said and asked, Oh, so Christopher, what are you doing at the moment? And Christopher, without without batting an eyelid, went, Oh, well, yes, I'm, I'm doing this role in the middle of Milan in, in an opera. Uh, and John Pertwee just looked at him and glared and just went, you know what? You don't have come out with the biggest pile of bullshit sometimes. <laughs> Christopher went into his inside pocket and brought out the programme of which he had just been talking yes. about. And John went, ah, OK, fair enough. It's because operatically trained singer was yes. another little thing oh, in his... What, what, he spoke um, 17 languages, five or six of them fluently... Um, just one of a kind. Yeah, and uh, that is just amazing. Um, you hear tales of him being kind of a bit uppity and a bit this and a bit that. I've I've heard many stories, and you know, um, I I, I know one person that PR'd him at, at an event, and uh, the introduction that Christopher gave was um. If anything goes wrong, it's your fault. If everything goes right, it's mine. I thought, that's a great introduction to give to somebody that's assisting you. And then a couple of minutes later, he sort of nudged him and went, I am, of course, kidding. <laughs> and you're not sure, you know. Yeah. He, he kind of had that mischievous side to him. Um, it's good. I mean, again, somebody that I met a couple of times, uh, my, my first encounter with Chris was uh, at a special screening um, at the BFI for The Wicker Man. God, me and, the Wicker, me and the Wicker Man, I know. Um, and after after the, the, the talk and all that, there wasn't actually a scheduled signing or anything, uh, but I was determined I wanted to get... I had the, the my magazine, Cine Fantastique, from 1979, signed already by a couple of folk, and I was determined I wanted to get Christopher, and I wanted to try and get Anthony Schaffer, who was a writer. So I, I was kind of fairly close to the front of the stage, and spotted other people kind of moving forward after the talk was over. So I thought, fine, right, now's my chance. So I went to the front of the stage and sort of went, oh, took some quick photos when there was others getting their signatures and sort of said, um, Chris, could you sign this? He went, ah, you, oh, come here, come here. Grabs me and drags me from the BFI stage to the green room. I'm thinking, what the fuck's going on here? Get into the green room and he sort of goes, Anthony, Anthony, come here. And um, Anthony's sort of going, oh, God, what's going on here? And he goes, Anthony, this is the magazine I was talking about. This, this, this. this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's me, still attached to the magazine. Yeah. And he goes, this, this young chap, I think I must have been about 19 or 20 at the time, I thought maybe a bit older. This young chap has a magazine. This is the magazine I was talking about. Do you mind, son? <laughs> magazine gone and they're both busy. And that was my introduction to Christopher Lee. Was, was I, like, I like that. That's, that's pretty funny. Was, you, think, you, think, you think you're dragging... You're being dragged to this to the yes. game, but it's a magazine. <laughs> but that's right. I, I thought, that, that's cool. That's Absolutely. Cool. Right. It, but, it, but that was Christopher Lee. It was, it was him kind of 
making a point and you know this is I have proof now here we go and I just thought you know that that was my my I think that was the second time I'd met I'd, I'd met him when he did one of his autobiography signings and then I met him then and then met him at another event as well he kind of he put a veto on I won't sign Dracula I won't sign Space 1999 I won't sign this I won't sign that I won't sign the next time so there was a point where he kind of got a little bit of a prima donna, but you know, when when you've lived a life like that and you've done some legendary stuff yeah. like that, you just kind of think, oh, lead into it, you know, just that's fine. Just yeah, I mean, of all the the little clips people were posting on the the video game forum, I hang out on, uh, just the one I'd forgotten about was uh, him uh, singing "Name Your Poison" from Return of Captain Invincible, which instantly has become one of my my favourite Christopher Lee clips of all time. The thing is, like Cushing, I think, as as I say, I mean, if if Cushing or Chris was in a film, it kind of instantly gave it that just little... A bit of credibility. That extra extra little gravitas that, okay, they were... I I think there's maybe only a couple other... Actors that I would kind of put in the same sort of realm as that, you know, Donald Pleasance. Star Wars or, would have been nothing all, all, without Peter Cushing on that Death Star in his slips. Nothing. No, no, sorry, no, 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 no. I hate to come at you there. Star Wars would be nothing without John Fordham. John Fordham is the guy that at the very start of the film doesn't shoot down the pod. Oh, yes, I know that. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. If that pod had been shot, that's it, end of story. <laughs> yeah. The plan's gone to hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yes. I think, I think it, it, no, it's, but, it's, either, it's either the... Um, I think it's Family Guy that's mentioned. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's... You go, well, that's a pod, will we shoot it? No, no. no. What, what, we're saving? What, we're saving the missiles now? There's no license. What? We're just going to let it... Wait a minute. Why? Well, we're, looking, we're looking for secret plans and uh, there's a pod just escaped. Well, yeah. Just leave it. That's yeah, fine. Right. There's, there's no life signs. There's yeah, no point. You're traitor to the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> Do, 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 do the plants have life signs? No. Well, they might be on that. <laughs> oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, don't, don't analyse that too carefully, guys. Um, uh, yeah. Especially the prequels. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, but again, Star Wars, I mean, the, the main attraction for me for Star Wars was probably Peter Cushing, because that was... 77, 78, when I was getting into kind of watching the Hammer Horrors double bills on a Friday night and stuff and sort of it's Van Helsing you know it wasn't it wasn't Tarkin it was Van Helsing you know and he's a baddie in this what's going on for me it was Ask Doctor Who well yes yeah um yeah, so the thing when I saw Star Wars we were kind of got to it but that's the thing Cushing in in Star Wars isn't Doctor Who because it's not the grey hair it's not it's a totally different look in Star Wars, he does look like he does in the Hammers because it's dark here mm. and they've kind of gone. Look, when he's Doctor Who, it's not. It's it's a different image, for me anyway. I, I don't see. I see Cushing as Doctor Who, but I don't see him visually as Doctor. Yeah, but I mean? like like five years old as I was when I saw Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's like that's him. Mm. I keep forgetting you're younger than me. Yeah, so it's just a visual trigger. You just see yeah. the same face. It doesn't matter whether he's got a moustache. Yeah, because that's the thing. We were kind of dragged to see Star Wars by our, like our families because it was us and neighbours went. So, like yeah. beforehand, 
I didn't really know much. I know, oh, it's this thing called Star Wars happening. <laughs> I don't know much about it, but you know, I like my Doctor and my Jerry Anderson. This mm. might be all right. See, Star Wars for me was a, a big... Because it was even on the news that it was opening. And then you kind of got the the clip of the, the, the Battle of the Moon of Yavin. And you're thinking, oh, that looks good, that looks good. Great, we're going to see Star Wars. And then Peter Cushing turns up and it's, Jesus, Van Helsing, all right, fine, this is, this is going to be good. He's a baddie, what the you know, but, um, yeah. And, well, Chris Foley is definitely one of the things I can still enjoy about the prequel trilogy. Who was he? Count 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 Dooku. Yeah. yeah. And which one of his hands did he get cut off? None. None? None. No, he gets his head chopped off, doesn't he? Oh, no, well, that's... that's He cut someone else's hand off. off. Yeah, yeah. he cut someone else's hand off. He gets... uh, it's head chopped off yeah. by oh, Sidious, is it? No, and it's the, the Grievous, Darth Grievous, the 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 little boy, isn't it? No, or is it? Is it Windu? It's Anakin. It's Anakin. I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. Boy, see, that's this is much, a problem. That is how much attention I've paid. This to is a problem. The only people's. time I've seen any of the people plots recently is, uh, in the last five years has been while playing the Star Wars. Yeah, playing the Lego game. <laughs> and then, then you can be killed yeah. by whoever the hell you want. <laughs> that's thing I've, I've gotten to play is Lego Christopher Lee. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't have much luck with the, the, the third films in, in trilogies, does he? <laughs> No, he gets killed off in the third one of Star Wars, and he gets killed off in the third one of Lord of the Rings as well. He gets killed off in Dracula. He gets killed off in every Dracula he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and, and another thing I remember for him, uh, he was the voice of death in the Costco Fall Terry Fatchett adaptations in the 90s, the Weird um, Sisters and Soul music, which was worth it all just to hear Chris Foley say, Oh, bugger. He's uh, he's wonderful in uh, the Neverwhere Radio as well because he's the all of ilk. Oh, I still haven't heard the video oh, version. I'll, if you want to, I'll, I'll yeah. link to you. Brilliant. Um, it's, it's it's again just giving it that gravitas. Yeah. You know, mm. it's. I think that that was that that was that's the thing, really. I mean, love him or hate him, he the, the, you know the, the, he does give that. Just yeah. Give his all, and I, I love that about him. Um, I think I, I remember I, I only saw Sleepy Hollow for the first time relatively recently, and I just I, I posted some of it. Hey, look, we've got what? Who is it? We've got uh, Dracula, uh, Emperor Palpatine, and about three other famous people all in the room at the same time. Eh? Yeah, uh, Alfred the Butler. Yeah, is I think Al, uh, and Michael. Yeah, Bartholdi the celestial toy well. maker. Yes, yeah, yes. That's how I put it. Yes. Um, yeah. Actually, yeah, he collaborated with uh, Tim Burton quite a lot because he's... Um, he's in Wally Wonk. He's, uh, he's, he's Wally Wonka's father, the dentist. Yeah, and, he's um, got, yeah. I think, one line in Alice in Wonderland. Um, does he? I can't even remember in Alice in Wonderland. I think he, he sees Jabberwocky. <gasps> yes. That's it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Ah, oh, but, uh, yeah, just... A legend. I mean, I could go on for hours of stuff that I've seen him in, and, and just Deathline. He kind of makes a strategic guest appearance just to be there. Um, uh, I mean, I think Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. Um, I know he was kind of put off doing television after doing Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. No story there. Nobody seems to know why. Although he didn't like the wig, apparently. Um, and I think the first thing television. Between Space 99 
and the only other tell you needed was Gorming Gust. He's wonderful in Gorming oh, Gust. I forgot about that. Wonderful in Gorming Gust. I just remember the episode of Space 1999 where uh, the, he's out to take somebody back in the ship. That's it, yeah. And they, they fight over. Uh, but I mean, at the end of that, I remember being actually terrified oh, as a yes. kid. Because, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't work on It doesn't work. work. And he's floating away in space Come and, like, yeah. Mummy, what's Come happened? On. What's going to happen to him? Yeah, because if it I didn't remember, matter that he was a baddie, he's yeah, got what he deserved. Yeah. It was like, if oh, I remember, he, he fixes the lot of it. Yes. Uh, yeah, oh, no, 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 no. The, 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 oh, God, it's one of my favourite. Yeah, I, I remember they, reading they something along the lines of yeah. the he tries one, to fix it, but one, would have no, chosen it. One, one, one person is, is, is selected to go back to Earth because, you know, they're, they're, they're Earthbound, hence yeah. the episode title. And um, the Koenig, decides, Koenig decides that the computer is to select one person. Yeah. So that's fine. So Simmons goes, oh, da da da. But if I go and da da da, I can do this and I can. And Cody goes, no, nope, we'll put it to luck. We'll put it to the, the computer. will decide who goes. Simmons, not happy with this, goes and takes, I think it's Helena hostage, and then basically forces them to. No, he's uh, he breaks down. What's the, the episode, folks? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he breaks. He, no, he breaks down the life support of Alpha and refuses to switch it back on unless he gets onto the ship. With Christopher Lee, um, so they decide, yeah, okay, fine, you get onto the ship with Christopher Lee. They take off, the life supports get switched back on, and they go off. And then you get the, the denouement with him, so it doesn't work, it doesn't work, come back, come back. Because he thinks he's reached out, because yeah. he thinks he's just woken up. He goes into the comm and goes, hello, this is Colonel Simmons, uh, Commander Simmons, Earth, I'm Latin Delta, can you read me, can you read me? Alpha's still picking it up because he hasn't left yeah. at all. Um, and they decide that. And the denouement to the entire episode is Bergman goes to Koenig and asks, who did the computer select? And Koenig just simply says, hands on a piece of paper and says, Simmons. So he would have been selected yeah. in lottery anyway. So the, the computer kind of, you kind of wonder, did the computer know that it wasn't going to work? Was he destined to be, was it destined? So getting back, he was selected by lottery. Yes, but, <laughs> but, but he didn't know that. Yes, yes. but, but that's, yeah. that, that's getting back to five minutes. Spoilers. Ago, yes. <laughs> okay, but, yeah. but there's a bit more. It's not as simple as that. Nothing ever is. Yes, nothing ever is. Not with me. <laughs> we know. <laughs> and, it would have made the episode ten minutes shorter. I looked through the credits. I'd forgotten Chris Flea had done a voice in the video game Kingdom Hearts Two, the Disney. Uh, Square Soft crossover. Oh, yeah. He's a. I can't remember. He's Anselm, but I can't remember if Anselm was a villain or not. Likely because it was Chris Foley doing the voice, but it's been. It must be about eight, nine years since I last played it. It's but, a German uh, Siamese twin. Anselm. Yeah, yeah. German, German Siamese twin. <laughs> You'd be thinking there, uh, sort of use that name as some for, sort of significant thing or something. Ansel and Gretel, yeah. German Siamese twin. Have you never heard of him? Still, the best part of that game was teaming up with Jack Sparrow and getting stitched with his ukulele to do a super attack. Oh, God. Oh, ukulele, uh, that just reminds me of George Foggy. <laughs> I was sitting on a, I was sitting by a lamppost on a corner of a street. One of the few, for that these one days. few <laughs> fashion sketches that are sadly missing from releases because <laughs> Prince's lawyers weren't happy about uh, the, the, the banjo version of Prince songs. Uh, yeah. 
get off to the 29 positions of one next end and that you sexy mother cut. <laughs> <laughs> see I, I believe it's the only thing they haven't been able to re-release on the DVDs or other releases is because uh, whether it was Prince or just one of Music's lawyers uh, someone got a bit heavy handed probably, <laughs> so probably it Prince, would probably be Warner because Prince, Prince doesn't have control of his old back catalogue now does he I don't think so. No. That was, that's what I was, was thinking. Was it it thing might was. well have been Warner rather than yeah. Prince himself. I don't know. Prince so, wouldn't be happy about it, would yeah. that way? Depends. He'd probably have laughed. <laughs> mm. Well, maybe not. <laughs> mm. Just don't no, he's, he's supposed, serious, to, have a, he's he's supposed serious, to have a wicked sense of humour. Yes, but he's a serious muso and somebody taking one of his songs yeah. and no, 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 no. And you know, yeah. don't, don't spill any wine on his carpet. Uh, uh, unless it's red. <laughs> And don't laugh at his big body, girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Prince, yeah, Prince. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another <laughs> tangent, Prince. <laughs> he decided Is this to, going he decided, to a, a visit to McDonald's? He decided well? to be a recluse. Oh. So he went and bought a purple boat and he went and sailed to his new purple island that he bought. A purple house. Because he likes purple. Yeah. yeah. Purple house and his, with his purple front door and he's... Purple uh, rooms, everything's purple. And about six weeks later, the, his purple boat disappears. What do you know? Marooned. Oh, God! <laughs> And that's why we keep you. Mm. <laughs> oh. one, 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 Did it float away in the purple? Two, minute, two minutes out of three hours, that's me. Anyway. Anyway, Thunderbirds. Yeah. <laughs> so it was... I mean, I've rewatched a couple of things because... Um, you know, I'll sit and watch any old Hammer or dodgy 70s horror I love, movies. I love, the, I, love the, I love the way we're, we're giving tribute by Antigonus Philly by saying, hey, we'll watch any old crap. <laughs> 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 well, no, this is, this is the thing about Chris Philly <coughs> and Peter Cushy. doesn't matter if the movie's rubbish, they're always still good in it. But that that's the thing. As far as I'm concerned, they're not rubbish. And then sometimes... Well, this that's is the thing. the thing. Sometimes yeah. you remember something as being rather dodgy and then you rewatch it and no, this is actually rather good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was rewatching Horror Express. Uh, I'm not going to talk about much because the Hammer, the excellent Hammered Horror podcast are doing an episode on it soon. Uh, highly recommend all their uh, talks. We seem to plug them every podcast, which yeah, is fine. because they're brilliant. <laughs> they're brilliant. Uh, but, uh, yeah, rewatching that and uh, one, a lot better than I remember it. Telly Savalas is still the most pimping Cossack in history. <laughs> no, 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 no. Richard Keown floats 10 from that one. Okay. I'm... He comes close. Right. It's been probably 35 years since I've seen that. So. <laughs> but uh, all, all the way through, I'm thinking... Oh, no, no, no. The... Sorry, I, 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 correction. Spoiler alert. He's not a Cossack in that. I, I forgot that's a plot point because he's not a Cossack. Anyway, carry on. Okay. Tell us about Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, all the way through, I'm thinking, no, there's bits of this are a bit like the thing. And then I find out that something I'd never known, it was actually based on the same short story, Who Goes There by Campbell. Mm. 
the, uh, the thing from another world and John Carpenter's the thing we're both based on. It Hol- just takes a different take on it than others. Hol- Horror Express still still contains one of my favourite lines ever. It's something along it's, it's something along the lines of monsters? Us? Surely not. We're British. British, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Great. Um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that and the Gorgon, because I have a bit of a soft spot for the Gorgon. Uh, partly because Patrick Chatton's got the metal hat with the spike in it. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, the, 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 what is that, Kaiser Helm? I think it's yeah, called. Yeah, Kaiser Helm. Yeah, you give me a video game where you can put one of them on, and that's <laughs> it. I've decided what I'm wearing for the rest of the game. I'd, I'd be tempted just to walk up to him and. and Put bits of paper on the spike. Yeah. <laughs> a hot dog. Much <laughs> more. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's, oh God. I mean, there's there's so much that I've watched that has, has got Chris. I mean, the Hammers, Star Wars now, Lord of the Rings, Wicker Man it is will be and has been my probably my all-time favourite yeah. film for many, many years. He is, he is really good in that, I must admit. He's, he's, he's really wonderful, because really it's kind of against type, because mm-hmm. you, yeah. it's it's a role where he's, he doesn't play it evil. He doesn't no. play it, it's, it's no. kind of, it's... He's a good upstanding authority to figure until until he's not. <laughs> but, but even at the end, you can kind of... Sympathise with him because he's no, si- no, 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 he is keeping the community no, 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 He's not a baddie. He really isn't, if you think about it. Oh, I've, I've just thought... He doesn't uh, think he is, but... He doesn't think yeah. he is. In in our eyes... Aye, he is, but... Yes, he is. Yeah. In his community... Most baddies are like that, so... Yeah, I, OK, in their own eyes, the best baddies are the ones that think they're, they're on the right on the side of good. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure the hood thinks his, his mum loves him, yes. Um, but... Sutek. Big fan of Sutek. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his hand. <laughs> right hand man. This one, the third one. Yeah, the one holding um, the cushion down. No, it's not. It's not his hand. It's no, it's his right hand man. No, it's Clara. It's that's right her part in that in that story. She's holding down. She's oh, holding God, down that cushion. Well, no, it's, let's, let's it's, not go there again. It's, it's essential. It's essential that the cushion doesn't stick yeah. to Sutex's ass. I, 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 the doctor's life was in danger <laughs> if it was stuck to his ass. He would have been in such in such a worse mood. That's it's her hand that's holding the cushion down. I've just thought of something I saw recently that's kind of got links with the whole Wicker Man ending. So but, I'm not gonna. But no, you know what I mean. He plays yeah. it absolutely. He doesn't play it as being evil. He plays it as being a benevolent leader. Of the community yeah. and, and everything he does, everything he does in that film is perfectly understandable and perfectly legitimate and perfect. You can yeah. absolutely That's look at him and say, but then at the end you go, oh, that wasn't so nice. <laughs> what get, getting in drag? No, that wasn't very nice. No, <laughs> but no, 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 but but you can empathise throughout the film with the summer and even 
There's a, a just a lovely little. T- sorry, I could infuse about the Wicker Man for, for. I was about to say if, if anyone needs more discussion of <laughs> Wicker Man, we did cover it. In the episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I wouldn't, but Edward Wood would would. Because I think I've, I've, one of the early episodes, episode three or four, uh, maybe. God, yeah, it's one of the yeah. early ones that we kind of did um, the, the Halloween episode. I think wasn't it that we each kind I of. I think so. Like, yeah. But, and finally, but, after but, trying for over 20 years, I finally saw The Wicker Man. But I've watched it again, and there's even more I've spotted. But there's a wonderful bit at the end, which I didn't mention in that special song. I'm, I'm actually, okay. this, this isn't a repeat, honest. Um, it isn't what? It's not a repeat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fucking... <laughs> <laughs> but that was, you saw it. Anyway, um, there's one point where Edward is in The Wicker Man. And uh, it's either when he's in the Wickman or just before he goes in. And he kind of turns to, to Summerisle and says, you realise that this is the best they can do at the moment. What are they going to do next year Yeah. when your crop fails? How are they going to top this? You realise that you're next. And there's a shot of Christopher... And he just, and it's just, there's no image, there's no dialogue or anything, but you just realise that going through his mind that, yeah, I'm going to be next in that thing. And it's just a wonderful realisation of, God, that's ah, just, it's just brilliant. I watch Wicker Man at least once a year. Yeah. It's like me with and, the folk. And, and, and you spot, you spot new things every time. And that was the one that I just yeah. thought, oh, wow. It's like me with my, my three John Carpenter movies that I watch every Halloween. It's The Fog, Halloween, and usually The Thing. But it, that last one can vary, but sometimes it's Prince of Darkness. God, I haven't seen Prince of Darkness for years. <sighs> um, we, there is a Blu-ray in America. I'm not sure uh, if it's been released over here. fact, we think have done the Blu-ray in America. So, Oh, shout factory, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I misheard that, so Shout. <laughs> I know, sorry. Just a thought. That was just, you started to uh, say, oh, is it? That's not as bad as when I first saw that the Thunderbirds films were being released in America, and I thought it was Twinkle at Academy. <laughs> and I thought, the, that's, that's odd. The best person I've played Destiny with in the last couple of weeks, that Twiggle. <laughs> Oh God! But yeah, Twig Twiglet again. Still not the best ever. Bob films. Funkhouse was <laughs> another classic from years ago. Well, play when I used to play Quake Three online. Bob Funkhouse is one to match. Oh, but that's not mishearing or misreading. That's basically that, somebody just doing a stupid name. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just misreading Twilight as yeah. Twiglet. We had six or seven of us were sitting somewhere and. We were playing Quake, and everybody was coming up with these fantastic names. So I called my character Cecil. Yes, <laughs> like, I'm Cecil. <laughs> I'm coming to kill you. Well, it's kind of that reasoning that led to me being Robot the Bruce in the City of Heroes for years. It was basically the Scottish Iron Man. The 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 bio either said like Iron Man, but less of an arsehole and more Scottish, <laughs> or well, you see, I met this guy. We're attaching stuff in Vegas. You had the suitcase room. And we're like, we both got a bit drunk and ended up with the stuff. Basically implying that we'd gotten drunk with Tony Stark together. And ripped and, him off. And ripped him off. <laughs> yeah, he, he'd left the briefcase behind. <laughs> and so, oh, I'll use this. That's a, that's a game I miss. But oh, 
Anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, but yeah, so... This is going to become a running thing every episode is. now, so, isn't so it? So, yeah. it wasn't just yes. sort of Hammer and all that. There was yeah. other... I mean, I, I mentioned Gormenghast earlier, which is fantastic. Uh, Neverwhere, Radio, um, Death in the Tech Project, of course. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah... Just a legend, you know. It's and um, again, he's he kind of he crops up throughout my life, your life, your lives. Um, I would think, and um, and oddly enough, just you would think that he would crop up in the mainstay that kind of connects us, Doctor Who, and he never did. Strangely no, enough, no. Funnily enough, yeah. Well, yesterday I was watching Doctor Who and Warriors from the Deep with a good bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought it wasn't intentional. I just happened to want for some reason yeah, to watch that story, yeah. and I thought, "Ah, oh, I good thing." I mean, it's, it's weird that you didn't, because I mean, I mean, Cushing was um, yeah. approached. I mean, for I, and Penny. I know, I know that Christopher was approached. I think for something in the Five Doctors, if I remember rightly. Um, Mind you, if he wasn't but, but, keen but, but, on Space Nine Ninety Nine, don't know if he'd handled Doctor Who. Well, well you see, that, this yeah. is what I've read somewhere and again. Hearsay, don't know if it's what. But uh, is this he, advice he, to Peter Cushing or something? Yeah, he yeah. gave some advice to Peter Cushing, but no, you shouldn't be doing these movies. Mm. And he seemingly read Peter Cushing a little about it mm. over the years, and I don't know, just kind of saw Doctor Who's being a bit silly, mm. and yeah. especially if. Uh, as I said, his experience was facing that in 99, we just put him off doing anything. Uh-huh. Well, like I said, I mean, that, that, that was having this discussion on Facebook elsewhere, I think it was on one of the Anderson sites, or it might have been Hammer Lovers, or the Peter Cushing appreciates that there's quite a few sort of Hammer related um, discussion boards on, on Facebook, and uh, this the whole sort of discussion about why wasn't he in Doctor Who and was there a sort of animosity towards it or not. And I sort of said, well, he was sort of approached I'm sure I'm sure it's five doctors. Mm-hmm. Certainly read about the five, time of five doctors. And I can't remember whether it was for Barusa or Vazalon or something like that. Yeah. I can't see it being Vazalon because there's not actually that much for him to do if it was Vazalon. So yeah. I'd be guessing it was Barusa. But it just didn't it didn't didn't work out. You were yeah, doing something yeah. else or whatever. Yeah. Um well uh, I know John Carpenter tried to get him in a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh he he turned down Donald Pleasance as part in Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, so which, so which, Yeah, and uh, I mean, Chris Lee later said that he did regret turning that one down, mm-hmm. and he did try and get him as uh, the father. What's his name in the fog? The Halloween book character, oh but just the timing didn't work out that time. I'm not sure. You'd have made a good um, ice warrior. He's tall enough. Mm-hmm. Or cyber leader, but then that would kind of defeat the purpose of having him in there. Yeah, I'm not quite. Sure. Although there was, I'm no, not quite sure Christopher Lee is going to sign on. Although I always, like me- to play I always remember Patrick yeah. talking about how he'd always, he'd always like to come back just as one of the monsters or something, so uh, no one would know it was. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so I don't, I don't know if there is an animosity there, or just yeah. a kind of poo pooing, or whether it was kind of. The, but as I said, I mean the, the between. Space 99 and Gormenghast, I don't think he did any television at all. I, I think it was it was films and... I, I can't think... Apart from uh, Saturday Night Live and sort of 
presenting yeah. or which interview, I'm going to have to have a look for or, or uh, interview I, stuff. Like I didn't that, know about that, but so. I don't think he'd, he'd done. Yeah, it's it's um, I went about the time of sort of Bill Murray, John Belushi. Yeah, yeah, he's one yeah. of the presenters because I've been watching 19, a few 1980. Yeah, I've been watching bits and pieces and some of the best ofs recently. It's not long before John Belushi died, actually, okay. I think. Because I think he was, I think the reason he was, I, I, um, so I've been reading a lot over the past week or so to do with him, and I, I might be misremembering this. I think it was it, the reason that he was on was that he was asked by John to be on it because they were going to be doing a film or something. They'd done 1941 yeah. and they were about to do something else, and he did Saturday Night Live, and I think about maybe five, six weeks later, John was dead. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it's something that he does, he has actually spoken about that he loved doing the live television and loved doing things because it took him back to his repertory days and all that. And yeah, um, and it is one of, I mean, there's there's two things that he does sort of um, wax lyrical. Well, three things that he wax lyrical on throughout his entire career, and it seems to be the three things that he's most proud of. One was Saturday Night Live. Two is The Wicker Man, and three is finally. Um, living his dream of doing Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because, I mean, he'd wanted to do Lord of the Rings for so, so long. Um, as, as far back as when... Yeah, I, th- I think I read some quote about he made some little joke about uh, they better hurry up with it because yeah. it's not going to be around much longer. Well, he wanted to do Gandalf. He wanted to yeah. be Gandalf because uh, in the 50s... I mean, he'd met Tolkien. He's the only person in the Lord of the Rings cast to have actually met Tolkien. He was obsessed, absolutely obsessed with the Lord of the Rings. He read the entire book, all three books yeah. and The Hobbit, on an annual basis. That's how obsessed he was with the Lord of the Rings. And as early as the 50s, probably late 60s, he was trying to sort of get a film adaptation done with him as Gandalf. And then when it finally came to pass that you know it was being made, he started a letter-writing campaign to Michael Jackson, not to Michael Jackson, Peter Jackson. Sort of, that would have been he, a very he, different movie. <laughs> to Peter Jackson saying, don't you realise who I am? Don't you realise what I know? Don't you realise what I, I've been through? Don't you realise... And Lord, so, Lord of the Rings would have been an unfortunate title <laughs> for yeah. it as well, really. <laughs> and, and basically just, you know, just basically yeah. beat out of him to cast him. And Peter said, well... I can't cast you as Gandalf because you're not up to the task. You know, you you just yeah. are too old for it because it's going to be a heavy filming schedule. Would you be? And sort of off with him the, the baddie. And he went, oh. And, and I think his words were, oh, the fucking baddie again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. But, yeah, no, he had, he had his dream of being yeah. in an adaptation of Lord of the Rings. Which, you know. Yeah. And we just mentioned it for one. I'd actually forgotten he was in it. Uh, I've, I saw, I've saw the extended version for the first time. Oh, 1941. Yeah. Uh, I, Mad, I, bonkers movie. I hadn't I seen it. it in years and years, and I definitely didn't remember Slim Pittens being attacked by Christmas trees, so I'd definitely not seen the full extended yeah. version before. Yeah. And, yeah, that was... A really I love good it. Laugh. I love it. It's it's a great bonkers movie. It's it's Spielberg in his I don't give a shit movie. Yes, as he freely admits. And, yeah. and he's and but but the thing is, Spielberg in his I don't give a shit mode is the kind of times when he produces his best stuff. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark is I don't give a shit adventure action adventure mode. 
1941 is his I don't give a shit comedy mode. Okay. Jaws is his I don't give a shit horror mode. And he's kind of kind of gone... Yeah. He's gone a bit too mainstream now. And you can be mainstream and batshit at the same time, but, you know, it's yeah. the early years of when he's really sort of just kind of... It's There's a devil yeah. care about him. But, no, I was just in the mood for comedies that night, so I ended up with Top Secret, which Peter Cushing was in, then uh, 1941... And then there was something else I watched that night. Was it Police Academy 6? No, it wasn't. No, okay, fair enough. I haven't seen that. It's the only Police Academy movie I've not seen. <laughs> uh, I've seen all the others and not that one. Because I know Ron Pellman's in it as well. So really, I should watch it. Honestly, it must first. be 7 then. 7, yes. It's the Mission to Moscow. Moscow. Yeah, yeah, that's 7. I just remember, yes. Lee, I remember Lee being in it. Yes. Um, Him and Ron Pellman are both in it. I'm both big fans of both. I've still not watched Police Academy. So. Strangely enough, the the, the one the one thing that I, I still have never seen Christopher in, and I wish I could, but you just, it's a tough one to get, is the one where he plays the leader of Pakistan. It's not officially been released, and it's supposed to be the best thing that he's done. It's on YouTube in some way. Yeah. Not great quality, but yeah, it was one of the things he always said, he, he, one of those yeah. he was most proud of, yeah. but there's not been a decent release of it anywhere. No. But uh, I've done one deal. I, I did have a bounce around because someone did mention oh, it is up on YouTube. I can't along with uh, something like that, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, not Jumanji. No. That's very different. No. And he's not in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, it was supposed to obviously, as my house looks like, I've been, I've been losing a game of Jumanji. It's the best description <laughs> I've seen for a messy house recently. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, but, but that, that there's the other thing. I mean, you could turn this man to horror comedy. Gremlins too. <sighs> he's because he's mostly playing it straight most yeah. of the way through, and that just works perfectly next to the Looney Tunes madness. It's the rest of it. Right. Um. Yes, pl- playing depending on where you read. Uh, he's 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 either playing Doctor Catheter. Which I think is the, the plot yeah, of that's it. official. But the, there's some there's some places have gotten credited as as, as Doctor Quatermass, because oh, as, as you go down as you go down the corridors in the block, you can see quite clearly beside the office that you eventually go into that he's in. There's a, a nameplate on the door that says Doctor Quatermass. Oh dear. <laughs> it's another little in joke. Okay, that's Doctor. good. That's perfect excuse for me to rewatch it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I don't, yeah, Christopher. It's, it's the thing is, I, I mean, a legend, and we still don't know half about it. Yeah, because a lot of it's still under secrecy. It's, yeah, acts and... yeah. Um, it's yeah, um, and even when pressed upon it, um, I, I does again. It's kind of you. You hear anecdotes about him, anecdotes from him. Uh, one of one of my uh, favourite anecdotes concerning this is that uh, at an event, somebody um, who was trying to to um, drum some information out of him because he was writing his biography or something or trying to write his biography, um, asked him asked him the question. So, um, can can you tell me uh, what what went on during what what you did what 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 what, what did you get up to during the Second World War? And um, Christopher sort of paused and went, hmm, um, yes. Um, tell you what, can you keep a secret? 
and the, and the, the, the would-be author sort of replied, yes, yes, I can. Christopher paused for a moment and goes, yes, so can I. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Nicely played, I just thought. Very good. Um, but that was, that was Christopher. I mean, I, 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 as I say, I've, I've, I've heard folk tell tales of him playing hot and cold and, you know, being a bit uppity. In my experience, the three times that I met him, he was an absolute gent and a legend, and I could not have expected anything. He's like anybody else. He's a, he's a person. He has his off days. And his, the circles that he's in, when he's going to meet all these fans, I bet he comes across some right assholes. Yeah. And that would turn the person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The nicest yeah. person in yeah. the world. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> By all, I mean, you know, all intent. You know, but the, the, the thing is, nowadays you do have these kind of fairly self-entitled autograph collectors that mm-hmm. think that they are should hearken unto them because we are the fans, we put you where you are. And you're just thinking, oh, you know, fuck off. No. The, 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 at, at the end of the day, they're human beings. Yeah. And they it should be at least respected or treated as such. You know, you when, don't... I think, when I think about them, I mean, the last three conventions I went to, I think only got autographs at one of them. Mm-hmm. The, the other two, I did at least uh, attend an acting for television mm-hmm. workshop with one of the guests, but that was like how many years ago was that? Then? Uh, seven years ago now, I think. Yeah, the past, like, the past five. That that was that was at the Redemption, Redemption Conventions, yeah. which I highly recommend to everyone. Yeah. Because, uh, the part the past five years have seen a massive decline in manners. Yeah. For want of a better word. Yes. Um, and, that, and it's not just related to conventions and things. No, no, no. It's, the, it's uh, life in general. Yeah. I think the attitude of society in well, general. Ten, well, this is your uh, first part of uh, Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> Grump, grumpy Old Fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, fa- it's... Old it's, Farty Fogies. It's, it's not being... It's, yeah. But it's not being grumpy. It's just observa- yeah. it's observations. And um, it's it's... It's kind of a an increase yeah. in, in kind of self entitlement yeah. type thing, and just yeah, of, I mean, self aggrandizing. Even this last week, the fact that there's a petition asking Nintendo to cancel a game they announced, it's like, no, <laughs> okay, I'm not happy about the game, but I'm yeah. just not going to buy it, <laughs> and I'm going to say I'm disappointed. We, it's not we've been here before but, with films and yeah. God knows what that's. But it does seem to. It's oh, I, I, I can. Yeah. This is another thing that I can wax lyrical on, but it's, it's this is not the platform. <laughs> so um, um, tune in to my Facebook status, and you can enjoy. You can ignore it to your heart's content there. Um, but Join yeah, the commodionists. <laughs> uh, or, or as I put it, hashtag grumpy old fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it just seems to be a general thing. But it because we're in or like. Particularly sci-fi and all that. It kind of it's it's more kind of highlighted in our yeah. fraternity, so to speak. And you just kind of look at these kind of young whippersnappers <laughs> and think, oh, get yeah. a grip. Well, I'm I'm part of that in video games, mm-hmm. and the amount of times I've just kind of gone face palmed at the reactions of some. Well, well I'm, I'm part of that <laughs> with various sort of bits yeah. and bobs, um, and used to be to a degree. A couple of years ago, with sort of convention circuit, yeah. and nowadays I just look at it and just think, oh, God, 
what the hell? And I'm, yes. I'm quite happy yeah. to be out of it. Yeah. Or at least not in it as much as I well, was. Well, let's say, I, I sat, I watched, I watched one EC presentation live. I was disappointed by it. That's only because the one good thing they announced already knew about because they'd been a cock up and they'd leaked it early. And then when the other conferences, it happened at three in the morning, I woke up the next day and I'm like, is Jeremy Beadle returned from the grave and is he like thanking us all? Because Sony announced three things I never, ever, ever thought would get announced as being released, and no, they did. And you know, was, was one of them Jeremy Beadle being made the, the, the chief, uh, chief officer? No, no. Okay, fair enough. Then. Uh, but uh, I don't own a Sony console at the moment, but good on them. Uh, if I do get a new console, it's likely going to be a Sony one just because of some of the stuff they announced. Uh, but, uh, yeah, E3 is always a time when you get all the entitled assholes come up and say, oh, why didn't they announce this? Why didn't they do this? And I'm like, I wish we'd gotten a proper 2D Metroid. We're not getting it. Mm. Oh, well. <laughs> That's me. Shrug shoulders. Walk off. <laughs> Don't set up a petition asking yeah. them to cancel the game they have announced. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's that's going to work. Gonna, yeah, like that's. Gonna, yeah. I still want to see potentially. I thought, yeah, right. We put hundreds really of thousands of pounds. We've got the discs ready. We've got the artwork ready. But yeah. hey, if you think it's on a bit of paper, let's just scrap <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> In fact, not even on a bit of paper, it'll be signed on Facebook or something. Yeah. Don't even have to bother with that anymore. I think that's that's. Just type that's, your name. That's the the problem with this kind of self title. Some people seem to not have a grasp of. Reality and, yes, and, oh, and and common yeah. sense. Yeah. They're so insular. They're at their computers, yes. and I know that because I'm buying them myself. Yeah. Yeah. The but, but, but and the only not, time they step out, the only time they step out is yeah. to is to go to something like. It's not just computers. It can be and socialising is yeah. like it can be it's a no-no even, as well. Even with what's going on at the moment with politics, even you've get got so many blinkered folk. God, I'm going on a political rant, sorry for... Um, uh, you get so many people that are just blinkered to what is going on and sort of... Some of them will sort of look at what's going on and see that as a good thing. And you're just thinking, how the yeah. fuck can you just interpret any of this as being good? Because he's so tech. <laughs> but, uh, well, but, well, like, <laughs> but with the fan <laughs> stuff, I mean... But with the fan stuff, there's, it's there's just... a, I mean, I've been very pleased to see another side of the fan stuff recently. Which is, uh, I know you're, you've been a bit off about Kickstarter in the past sometimes. Um, Just with, with maybe too many people using it rather than... I'd, I'd, with Kickstarter, my, my beef with Kickstarter uh, is that a lot of it seemed very, uh, I hate the term, but airy-fairy or pipe dream, and you just oh, think... Right, okay, and, yeah, and, fair and, enough. And yeah. kind of but, uh, pe- personal yeah, kind of but stuff I mean, that you would, you would think, you know, if you can't get the money up yourself to do this, this is your dream, okay? Yeah. And if you can't get the money up for it yourself, then you should realise that, no, it's not worth going for. If it's something that's worth going for and you can persuade other people to do it, but can't kind of go about it by getting going to the bank or whatever on normal means of raising yeah, the funds, then fine, by yeah. all means go to Kickstarter. Uh, but if you've got a personal dream that you can't go to the bank and sort of say to them, this is my idea, 
this is what I'd like to do, this is very competent, can you do it? Then don't go to Kickstarter because, sorry, I'm not interested. That's where I kind of, that's my... What's a a Codebusters game got to do with anything? (laughs) I have nothing against Kickstarter on principle. It's just some of the stuff uh, that folk put to Kickstarter. Just in, in the past few weeks, there's been two video game Kickstarters uh, both from people who have had proven track records in developing certain types of games, and they've basically both been told by publishers, no one's interested in this sort of game anymore. Right. So uh, Playtonic, who are a lot of ex-Rare employees who made the Banjo-Kazooie games in Donkey Kong 64, wanted to make a new game called uh, Ukulele. Uh, oh, Koji George yeah. <laughs> uh, Igarashi, who created most of the modern 2D two- two-dimensional Castlevania games. Which is, of course, the Japanese form of George Von. <laughs> uh, he was repeatedly told by publishers that no one wants a new 2D Castlevania. Mm-hmm. So uh, they both went to Kickstarter. Uh, ukulele reached its initial goal within 39 minutes <laughs> uh, and reached all the stretch goals. Uh, Igarashi's one for his new game, Bloodstained, hit, I believe it's hit 5 million. One who were not asking for that much, but it's hit every stretch goal and more. And as part of the Sony conference, uh, this is a bit odd, this one, but uh, they launched a Kickstarter for a game called Shenmue 3, which everyone's been wanting for well over a decade and everyone thought it was never, ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Kind of to gauge fan interest, launch Kickstarter, say if we can get reach this amount, Sony are going to help out as well. And if we can reach certain, and it hit the initial goal on the first within about seven hours. See, see, there you go. That's when a Kickstarter is justifiable. It's when some fan, sorry, correction, some jumped up fan thinks that they've come up with this Uh, cool idea of doing. A fan film which oh, yeah. is, is yes. not endorsed by the BBC yeah. or endorsed by the Paramount or endorsed by this or that or the other. And yes, they just, I, I have mostly ignored all that stuff. In, in other words, yeah. a pipe dream yeah. that will never yeah. come to pass, can never be allowed to come to pass. And they think, oh, I'll jump onto Kickstarter and get everybody yeah. else getting excited I mean, I've, about I've, my little I mean, project. I've, I've been keeping on Kickstarter for a while because... Uh, I mean, I, I, I would be a complete hypocrite if I suddenly sort of against Kickstarter because one thing I'm involved with Nine Worlds started out as a Kickstarter as yeah. somebody pointed out to me on Facebook when I was going against Kickstarter yeah. and they sort of came back and you do realise that the Nine Worlds thing started out as a Kickstarter which I hadn't realised but you know yeah, yeah climb the ladder and kick it away yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, that, yeah. the hand that feeds yeah. me I know yeah yeah um, but I hadn't realised that but it's a viable thing yeah uh, also Leviathan the Hellraiser documentary that I mentioned earlier yeah. that started out as a Kickstarter yeah. initially I think uh, Iron Sky, uh, the, the the second uh, one of its So if it's a viable, um, constructive idea, yeah, then fine. If it's a jokey thing like making potato salad, fine. I'm all for that because it kind of <laughs> highlights the ludicrousy yeah. of what Kickstarter is and. It actually happened. That's yeah, not, and folk just jumped on the bandwagon away from it. I mean, I, I think but I've, that's, that's yeah. again a highlight. Yeah. In your I mean, I'm society. I'm a bit more into Kickstarter just because I've played quite a few games. Yeah. that started out as yeah. Kickstarter as a a game called Shadowrun Returns, 
which was uh, kind of look back to the old isometric role, turn-based mm-hmm. role-playing games. That was, I think, the first Kickstarter game I played, and it was just a joy to see people get the money to make this sort of game yeah. when we're I mean, told that no one's invested. has its place, but... Yeah. But surely in, if, it's, if it's not in, any good, then you're not going to put money behind it. So these people are just... As I say, a pipe dream. Being idiots. Well, yeah, yeah that's it. They just flag themselves up for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. They're not going to but... get money, but it's there for, you know... You which, look at the page, you go, oh, that's a good which, idea. Which, is, which, is, that's yeah, is, idea. which yeah. is where I come in with Kickstarter. This, uh, there's a couple of music Lucas. ones I've been invested yeah. in recently, and they're all by, again, people with proven track records. Mm-hmm. It's just the money to like go towards all the recording and doing all the yeah. stuff. And there's all, they've always put up little demos of, this is the sort of thing we're going to do with the full thing. It's a musician called Matt Gray who did a lot of Commodore 64 soundtracks in the 80s. Uh, they're doing depending on which version, a two or three CD compilation. And the two test tracks he put up, I was just into like, I want to hear every single other one of these because I've heard remixes of these tracks over the years mm-hmm. and these are instantly the best two remixes I've heard of them. So, yeah, I want to hear the rest of this. How much were they wanting for the potato salad kickstart? <laughs> um... They were probably variable pledge level, so how much for the one in total? <laughs> I can't I, I can't remember the thing, but it uh, in the end I think he was they looking, got one donation was, from, from uh, yeah. No no he was actually straight no he was They got look, one they got, they got one they got for, one from you know go spoil my joke, you're gonna okay, carry on. all of my joke. No no carry on <laughs> carry on. There has been one one nomination one donation donation, donation from Simon Mayo. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, good joke. But was, yeah. no, I think his initial asking was something like two hundred or two hundred and fifty dollars. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, when it actually closed, knowing what the internet is like, at the end of the day, when it actually closed, he ended up with a full fund of something like thirty-eight thousand. <laughs> Dollars. That's a folk lot. Of just jumped to, <laughs> folk just got the joke, uh-huh. jumped on the bandwagon. It was all over Facebook. <laughs> it was on the telly. It was in all the media, and folk were just cheap and jumped on the bandwagon and wanted to be part of uh, it. Yeah. That's another thing at the moment. Folk want to be part of something, and you just kind of think, oh, <laughs> and it just makes me cringe that folk. I'm an individual. Oh, God, don't be old fans. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> Folk don't want to be individual now. They want to be part of this big bubble thing, you know. And you're just thinking, get a grip. What the? I, I can understand it, and I can kind of see it. But it's just, it's a little weird. And it takes me back. It, it's going back to the sort of event thing, where you've got this kind of, and I hate using the term, but this kind of OCD mentality of I must get the fourth stormtrooper from the left, oh, and I must get this signed, I must get that signed, I must get this signed. Well, if, well this has just come out in a new special edition. I have to get that signed yeah. again. Ask and, him how many, ask him how, many, how many copies he's got. <laughs> and uh, and no, uh, I'm pull, I'm, and, we and, have we have actually, we have I think actually we have discussed this. Discussion, this yes. We had this discussion mm. about how many copies of certain movies we have. And I put that I I had bought. There's a few games. I bought six or seven times. Yes, just on different consoles and, and I formats. Think I, I think I revealed that I've got Wicked Man about six or seven mm. times. Yes, from different. Uh, yeah, we, we did. We did yes, mention we, this. We before. Have been there. Yeah. But 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 this, which yeah. is fine. I, I can kind of 
empathise with that and I can understand it. But just, just be glad you're not a big Nintendo fan and you're not wanting to try and collect all the amiibos. <sighs> but but there is certain elements can will yeah. manipulate and capitalise on that. Oh, which yeah, is no. which is where I'm against. The, I mean, that. I've 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 seen it. There's been some um, amazingly stupid stuff. Uh, with Nintendo's Amiibo figures. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the most amazing of all being the fact that a whole truck disappeared somewhere in Europe. But it can be the smallest bloody thing as well. I mean, what, yeah. what really irritates me at the moment is that the big companies, which are hardly really desperate for money, let's be honest here, have now taken to um, completely... It used to be when they first came out, you'd have a Blu-ray and DVD combo package. Yeah. So you could get them both, Right. Then they kind of stopped doing the DVD combo package, so you had to either had to buy the Blu-ray or the DVD, which was fine because you would go for whichever one you had, but they were both in the same packaging, which is awful nice and great. Now they've taken to having different packaging, different design for Blu-ray and DVD singly. So if you're a Marvel fan, let's say, you're going to buy the Blu-ray and the DVD to get the different packaging for the Avengers or... Captain America or whatever it is because you're anal and you're OCD and you must have the thing but that's the thing thankfully, and thankfully, thankfully I'm, I'm not I've, only I've, ever I've done, got past that stage I've only ever done that with Target books yeah and that's okay. only been when like buying a whole pile of them out of Knox fam and like okay but, I've got the other two covers but a lot one. of companies seem to have picked up on this that oh, you do yeah. have these kind of fanatics that will oh. got, you know it's, it's the Pokemon attitude gotta get them all gotta have them all yeah. and that's that kind of gets up my goal, and certain event people, well, they, they'll know who I'm yeah. talking about. Welcome to video games again. Yeah, where they've been. Welcome to life. They've been. Do, yeah, it is a general but, thing, but, you, yeah, but, but, but will, the, the, the folks I'm talking about are fans themselves yeah. and should know better because they suffer yeah, from the same thing. Unfortunately, a lot of the nefarious marketing stuff that video games started has started bleeding into yeah. other things and. It pisses me off. Yeah, it's um, it's it's yeah, it's um, I I, could, I I've only once I could, I could do a, po- yeah. a whole podcast on yeah. my bugbears of I, life at the moment. I, 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 <laughs> not 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 for this plot. I mean, I don't. I, I, busy, yeah. busy. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't normally do the pre-orders or collectors edition of things apart from baby cases, and in one case. The game itself turned out to be disappointing, but the packaging was nice. The only one I kind of went out of my way to get was the Lego Batman 2 collector's edition because you got an exclusive Lex Luthor in his parasuit oh, wait, minifigure. Oh, wait. Yeah, you actually got a Lego minifigure that wasn't available anywhere. That's, that's the other thing you get, sort of. I mean, that's the. I mean, I'm not that familiar with games, but you get. Depending on where you buy it from, yeah. you'll get a different pre-order different bonuses, skins, which and, is complete oh, just, fucking bollocks. Which. Um, but, I, I, eventually, well, in my case, my interest yeah. is is DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah. And you'll have I mean, eventually down the line, you'll have stories at least with the games such as um, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, where you had to buy about three different copies to get all the yeah. extras. I mean, at least with the games stuff, most of the time they will release the exclusive stuff down the line. Down the line yeah. but it yeah. can take a while. Uh, there was exclusive but there out. we go back yeah. to the oh god I yeah. have it now god, was, I've got to get it now well, let's can't say, wait can't uh, wait one of my favourite fighting games Tekken Tag Tournament 2 apologies <laughs> to any um, <laughs> listeners with OCD I'm, I'm not using that as a divulgative term yeah. I'm using it as 
You know what? Just apologies to any listeners. I think I think everyone has an element of certainly listeners of this yeah. podcast um, um, have a degree of OCD in them. It's how you control that. Yeah. But no, I, I, I really do. Yeah. No, I, I really but do. With I think the, everyone does. Yeah, well, Tech and Tag Tournament 2, there was two <laughs> sets of... So was two. Says the guy with 5,000 DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> says the guy with uh, how many graphic novels, blah, 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 etc. Et Quite a lot. Says the guy with how many gigabytes on his hard drive. Tigabytes. Tigabytes. Yeah, they hop around his room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite a few. Well, yeah. I think the illness needs to be redefined because... OCD seems to cover an awful lot of issues. This is true. This yeah. is not. That's really, for another podcast. Not really yeah. OCD. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. for but, another uh, podcast. Everything's OCD. Let something. It's OCD. Yes. But tech and tag, depending it's, on where you bought it, that's all things. It's far too overprescribed. Yeah. Depending on where you bought the game, you've got prescribed it. Here, have some OCD. Yeah. I want it all. I need it all. I need it all. I've got it in limited edition packaging. <laughs> Sorry, God. Yeah, we, uh, that de- was one hell of a tangent. Yeah. I do uh, de- depending on where you bought the game, you got one set of. There was two sets of three characters, mm-hmm. and it was a different one of the two sets depending on where you bought it. And if I remember properly, there was only one retailer in the UK was doing the set with the character I really wanted because it was a character who hadn't been in the games for over a decade. And they were used to be a character I used in the old game. As it were, three, four months down the line, they, they released all the stuff for absolutely free. Mm-hmm. Uh, Namco had always said this, any extra characters are going to be, like, nothing yeah. to cost. But it was the fact I had to wait four months to use the one character I was really wanting to use. So, yeah, so I, I mean... Uh, the only other time I had problems with pre-order was the fact that Avery were sold out of the Lego Marvel Superheroes limited edition, which had uh, I think it was Iron Patriot Lego minifigure with it, and that was the only place you could get that one. And basically, at that point, Avery had just sold out completely because uh, me and I think Ash had the same problem. Neither of us could get the limited edition because it just gone. And the situation with the Nintendo Amiibo figures selling out like within 30 seconds of them appearing online is just getting absolutely ridiculous. That's even before, like, whole trucks get stolen in Germany. That even gets me started on steelbooks. God! I don't mind steelbooks if they don't cost any more than the normal ones. Which most more frequently do. And always it seems to be different designing, so you've got to get the normal one and the steelbook. And the no, you don't. No, you don't. But I've, I've, got, the, I've got the steelbook Reaper Man and Silent Running, and that was just because we're the same face. Mm. Uh, oh, not always the case. Yeah, and 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 most. I mean, Long Good Friday yeah. at the moment, which I've now bought for the umpteenth time. Speaking of multiple copies, uh, but it's a film I love um, on Blu-ray. Uh, at the moment, the only way you can get it individually is on Steelbook because they haven't released the proper one yet. Yeah. Um, well done. Then. And there's then there's <laughs> a box set, but you've got to buy Mona Lisa with it yeah, yeah. for the box set, which is rather nice. But there's extras in the box set that aren't on the steelbook. So if you, want the, if you want the whole package, you've got to buy the steelbook. Yeah. So I'm I'm just as guilty of the OCD thing. So that's yeah. you know I'm empathising with all these people, but I'm trying to kind of yeah. And it's not helped by unscrupulous yeah. I mean, I've got... I've Manufacturers got, yeah. and... I mean, I've got a few little limited editions. I mean, <laughs> the, I think the last couple of limited editions I've 
I bought were for PlayStation Portable games, and it was just because they came with a nice art book and cards, mm-hmm. and it didn't cost. Well, any I'm not saying more they than, don't put work into yeah. actually. But no, in, stuff, in this but... case, it, it didn't cost any more. Yeah. From what I recall, it didn't cost any more than buying a regular copy. But that's the other thing. My my, my buying stuff, not only because I I, I I haven't had the money to, but also because I've kind of thought about it a bit more. My buying sort of um, behaviour has changed as well. I don't buy stuff on first day of release now. Oh, yeah, I'm unless, the same with games. Unless I see it a damn sight cheap or mispriced or something like that, I'll wait until it comes yeah. down either in the sales yeah. or comes down on a, like, sort of buy two for such apart and such from, offer in the same Apart from Nintendo games, I haven't bought a full-price game since about last September, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. or so. It's definitely quite a while. Yeah. And the Nintendo stuff's been full price because I've wanted to buy digital copies so I can just have it on my 3DS at all times. Yeah. And because I found places that usually have the download uh, version codes for sale. I mean, I've, I've, I've at the same price or so maybe cheaper than yeah. the. I mean, I've broken that code recently with damaged goods as a. As a pointed yeah. out to you, it was kind of marked down to half price in a, in a yeah. worst, and so I bought that. Uh, Hound Basketballs on, on Blu-ray was just a stupid price Yeah, HMV, so I had to grab that before they realised it. I mean, the last few games that. I played, Destiny was under half price. I bring up Hound and Basketballs, which stars Christopher, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. <laughs> which is absolutely... <laughs> yeah. it, actually, it's probably the Christopher Lee movie I've seen the most, because uh, I love that movie, even if it's the least accurate adaptation of I shall, Hound I Basketballs. The so. It looks... Fucking gorgeous, and and there's a really nice package of extra stuff yeah. connected. Most of it concerning Chris Lee. You've got an interview with Chris Lee about um, his role. It's for the French TV series, like about his role in Hounded Basketballs. There's a documentary that just basically him looking over his career. It's just oh, nice, really nice. Yeah. Uh, well done, Arrow. Again, I will, I will plug Arrow. Yeah. So the cows come home because I think they're just doing a marvelous job on releasing. Not only cult stuff, but obscure stuff and also stuff that's kind of slightly out there and just kind of stuff that other companies probably wouldn't touch with a basketball. Yeah. I've got, um, at the moment on on my watch list, I've got Thief to watch as well, Uh, Michael Mann film, um, which they released both in the theatrical and the director's cut version. Limited edition, I managed finally managed to pick it up, and and as I say, the end of the basketballs, I'm still getting through at the minute, and uh, I got uh, their um, copy of Longwood Friday, which uh, is excellent, really best condition I've ever seen the film in, just yeah. gorgeous. Yes. Uh, but yeah, plug for Arrow, uh, keep up the good work. Well, I'm waiting for a cigarette to see if I can find. But Buckaroo Wednesday coming soon. Just for a Okay, which we shall have a brief break and then yeah. maybe get back onto the subject. Yeah. And we're back. Well, oh. last wee bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, so, yeah, uh, w- welcome back to the Chris Starter. Yeah. Uh, really, we, we can't, we can't think we've got anything else we want to say about Chris Lee without going back and going off on 
more and more tangent. tangents. Um, so just um, uh, bless you, sir, for um, for everything. And you know, if you somehow have been under a rock for the last fifty years and haven't seen any of his stuff, go go and watch something. Check it out. And it honestly doesn't really matter what, because no matter what the quality of the actual movie. Christopher Lee is always excellent. Yes. I, I can't... I, I honestly can't think of anything where he doesn't give it 100%. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I, I absolutely... There's, there's no... Nothing that he's been in that I would not recommend to folk. Yeah. I can't think of one thing at all. Um, no. That's, that, I, I yeah. mean, I, the, 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 check out... Um, because I just discovered it, I haven't watched the whole thing yet. But there's a there's a, an Alfred Hitchcock presents. And I think it's 1957, or something like that. It's maybe a bit later. But Alfred Hitchcock presents. It's on YouTube. Um, I can't remember the title offhand, but if you search sort of Christopher Lee Alfred Hitchcock presents, you'll find it. It's really good. It's just yeah. a beautiful uh, performance. Um, but yeah, check it out if if. If if you just want to watch one thing with Christopher Lee, don't watch a whole pile of it. But yeah, if exactly. you if you must, then there's a nice start point. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. Thanks for everything, so. So, uh, a usual a recommendation for the episode. Mine's is a musical one. And it's not to everyone's taste, and probably no one else has out there's heard of it. But a new a band called Black Lung has a new I was album. going to say Black Lace for Black the other one. No Black Lung, and there's a if you're expecting Black Lace when you listen to Black <laughs> Lung, you are in for the shock. We are talking heavy industrial techno. We're talking. Oh, if you, if you if you're not mad already, it'll drive you mad, and that's one of my excuses. <laughs> But it's pounding Wait stuff. Wait a minute. Your excuse is that you were mad already or that that's what's driven you mad? It's not helping the process. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, uh, my recommendation was kind of already mentioned. Uh, Star Wars Rebels. Season 2 has just started in the US. If you haven't seen Season 1, highly recommend it. The best Star Wars stuff in years. And uh, just... Uh, a little anecdote behind it. It turns out this was the, st- the series they pitched at George Lucas when they first wanted to do a CGI animated series, but George said, no, it has to be about the characters of the people trilogy. So they just said, okay, and kept the idea around, Pretty and as soon as George had bugged off, brought it back, yeah. and it's amazing. It is good. It, I've still only seen the first episode, but yeah. yeah it is, this, it is really, like, good. it's... I mean, Firefly is kind of what reminds me of. It's kind of the adventures of a Millennium Falcon-style ship with a full crew. And it starts off small. Immediately, season two starts expanding things. And they've brought Darth Vader back, voiced by James L. Jones. And just the first episode could, as I've said, just could be called Darth Vader is a badass and better than you. It's a, it's the most intimidating Vader since Ebba Strikes Back, easily. Okay. And, con- um, and considering it's a kids' show, you're like, whoa, you nice. Okay. Hmm. So yes, Rebels, go and watch Rebels. it. If if the new movies are as good as this series is, I'll be happy. 
Um, oh god, my, my viewing at the moment is all over the place. Um, I'm watching some old Man from Uncle in readiness for the film. Um, I've been watching Sliders. Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, this is all recommendations, by the way. Yeah. You know, if, you're if, watching Sliders Series Three, which we never got in Scotland. Yes, um, we we got um, a, a disappearing um, John Rice Davis, whose character name I can't remember at the moment. Neither can I, because it's been that long ago. Professor Zarkov, whatever the hell yeah. it was, um, he kind of disappeared Not, between sort yeah. of screenings for us in Scotland, and we had no idea what the hell had happened to him. Yeah. Now I know! Yeah. They kind of killed him off. Um, he got shot I'll explain briefly. We in Scotland have a certain amount of television time that has to be put over to Gaelic language programmes. Uh, this happened to coincide with the exact slot Sliders was in. Uh, most of the time we got it, but then we just missed a whole season, and it was the the six. I, th- I think the first season yeah. went out on a Sunday. Yeah, it was the it was the six o'clock telefantasy yeah. slot. Yeah, yeah. and despite on a yeah, we got Buffy, Star Trek: Next Generation, Sliders, and Farscape at various points. Mm-hmm. But uh, despite the fact we were already on the second run of Next Generation, as in the second run through the whole lot, the, the rerun, yeah. yeah. Uh, they still decided no, we won't show sliders. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead, so we had no idea. Instead, what we got the 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 umpteen incessant run of Next Generation or Buck Rogers or Buck Cycle But the new thing that hadn't been shown were yeah. they say, decided no, we'll go and show you. Had they bought yeah. slider season season yeah. three? Uh, Obviously not. Well, okay. presumably not. They hadn't bought it. Oh, they bought it because it was shown in England. It's just us in Scotland oh, right. that missed out on it. It's yeah. it's, it's yeah. a weird sort of. Yeah, it was just it was just because of the we way the time yeah. worked. We don't out. have it nowadays because obviously there's BBC yeah. Alba that's got a lot. Of, it was just uh, fact that six o'clock on Thursday was yeah. when the Gaelic programmes were on, and it's, that uh, happened to be the do, time slot for the slider Doctor Man and Donny Murdo, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah, or. He, he or Sam or whatever the hell it's. I like the way we're still we're finished with Christopher Lee but we're still talking about garlic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it, it happens it happens occasionally with US series I mean I still haven't seen the last season of Homicide Life on the Street uh, I can lend you if you want it's okay I've got it because okay. <laughs> uh, me and my brother have got all the I've entire got the, yeah, run, I've got the lot. We've got entire run on DVD the, the only one I haven't seen is the TV movie afterwards but I can help you with that. Okay, fair right. enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, Channel 4 showed six series and then never showed the last. Uh, I have a vague well, idea of it, what it happened dep- after the cliffhanger. which six series we're talking about here because, of course, the American... It depends on the number, yes. Yeah. No. The, the American... Basically, we, got, we didn't get the last series. We didn't get them, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the Americans, their season one and two is our season one and then two is three and... Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. They got seven seasons... No, no, we got seven seasons, they got six seasons. So yeah. Their seasons and they're numbered dustly on the DVD sets, depending on which country you bought yeah. them of. Which, yes, yes. Which was fun when me and my brother had a combination of the two. <laughs> I know, I've seen this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, um, yeah, I've been all over the place with my, my watching, so, um, yeah, but I would, I, would, I would recommend Man From Uncle, definitely. Um not so sure about the film. I, I keep seeing the, the trailer. The music is missing. 
The yes, it, the, the, that's the, the one thing I'm do, waiting to hear. There's a version do, of the theme tune. It needs to be in the trailer. That's I, as far as I know. The guy, preferably the Hugo Montenegro cover version, because I love that. Let's get Orbital do. As, <laughs> why not? Uh, as far as I know, the the composer that's doing somewhere, I I did the Man from Uncle in the style of Orbital's a Saint. Oh, right, right, good. Yeah, yeah. Like over a decade ago, I don't know if I still have it. Uh, is that on your actual the TV theme compilation that you did it or did you do it separately it was on one version of that but I've still got a copy somewhere yeah Um, because I've got a copy of that somewhere actually I'll have to check myself because I can't remember which version I've still got on the system Um, but yeah the the composer that's doing the movie um, has just done the, the BBC thing called The Game which is very Cold War very the soundtrack's very kind of Jerry Goldsmith thriller. So, if they haven't got the rights to the band from Uncle Theme for this film, then they've basically shot themselves in the foot right (laughs) from the get-go because it's essential. It's absolutely essential. Um, So, but the actual, the the trailer itself, I don't know, I'm in two minds. It looks a bit too... I'm not too sure. Yeah. It it looks a bit pole-faced. Yeah. And a bit too serious, which the man from Uncle never really was. It never, even if it's in its serious first and fourth seasons, it still wasn't entirely. What about the Return of the Man from Uncle? I quite like Return of the Man. <laughs> I from love Uncle, it actually. I think um, it was the first first thing I recognisably saw Jeffrey Lewis in, even though I didn't. It didn't quite click. He was the guy with the baseball cap at the Clint Eastwood films at that point. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Juliet's dad. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, so yeah, Man from Uncle original TV series, the black and white. The the um, second series is kind of kind of tongue in cheek and far fetched. First series is quite kind of serious. Fourth series goes back to the kind of first series seriousness. Third series is just absolutely bonkers, off its face, just out of it. But it's still fun and it's still magical. It's the base. Of the, the man from Uncle's. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not that. I'm not. Well, yes. It's, it's, yes. I, I, was, I, I thought you said the best. Or then I was no, the best. Far from the best. No, but, best. Um, Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Off its tits, but hugely entertaining. Yes. yes. Uh, with his mavacas. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, Man from Uncle. Uh, original TV series. I've been watching that. Uh, I've also been watching some bootlegs that I got at a film fair recently that I probably can't mention but uh, I will uh, target Cat's Eyes shoestring second season lovely cool so if they weren't Watch. mentioned then Gordon edited it <laughs> <laughs> if yes. they weren't mentioned he didn't yeah did you Gordon? I told you as long as he doesn't mention which film fair he got them at I think we're okay <laughs> alright um, well no we'll do yeah okay a film fair. Well, actually, that's that's the thing. A lot of the, the the official events now seem to be turning a blind eye and not giving a bugger about bootlegs nowadays as well, which was never the case in in years back. Which yeah, is no, no. The last thing I last DVD I bought a film fair was a legit thing because I remember to borrow a fiver off you to get it. <laughs> it was the Japanese horror movie Kaiba, which had been after for a while, and they happened to have a copy there. And it's still one of only two movies to have genuinely freaked me out. 
Donnie Darko. Not free. So no, it's, it's all stuff that's Don't not. That. It's all stuff that's not commercially available, and it's about the only way to get it. Yeah. So, if the BBC can't be bothered to release, like Roger Corman's Fantastic Four movie. Which uh, uh, I'm afraid then, sorry, the BBC can't be bothered to um, go and release it or, or let somebody else release it. Then it's the only way to get it. BBC, if you want to make money out of your own stuff, release the fuckers. That's my soapbox. It's a bit like release the hounds, but a bit more extreme. And I'm done later at night. A bit less extreme than it will eat some water. But yeah, so that 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 yeah, um, that's kind of my recommendations at the moment. Um, uh, yeah. Played up here. Can't think. Is that final thoughts? Or, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, um, the, the um, I, I could actually go on with what I'm kind of getting. Uh, uh, I'm quite. No, no. The... Final thoughts used no, to be on before the, the after the news before the TV closed there. Yes. We should start final thoughts. I'd like to speak to you about God. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you'd, okay. you'd, you'd have that finishing off the day, and then the opening day would be reflections in the morning. Yes. Which was basically what he'd said the night before when you won me awake at that point. Yeah, yeah, oh God. Was that, that surely was a national thing. It wasn't just us Grampian folk that got that. I don't honestly know. Dear me. Sure. It's it's one of those questions you I'm, think you can't. I'm guessing you, not because it's one of those it, questions you suddenly think, did everyone else get that? <laughs> I'm guessing not because obviously Ricky Fulton kinda of took the piss out of it with I am Joy. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's Glasgow. <laughs> he just has to just turn up and say, "Hello," <laughs> and that's it. That's me off. Yeah, go on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess it was at least it was a Scottish thing. So I don't think it was yeah. just cramping. But anyway. um, what was it? Uh, yeah, the the Batman sixty six. Um, uh, oh yes. comic strips, which I'm I'm reading at the moment. Which I've got very good. Yeah, and very like. I've gotten the digital the, trade paperbacks of them. Very intoned to the team. And, I haven't started on them yet because I'm a bit behind with my comics. Yeah. The um, secret was happening. It's well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not big on comics, but I've been watching the sort of Batman '66 series and I spotted them, and yeah. it was kind of an impulse buy on Volume One, and thought, mm, "This is good." And then spotted Volume Two, and thought, mm, "This is good." And then spotted Volume Three, and then, oh. I, I just stand at a shop and go, "No, yeah, quite a lot." <laughs> Which is why you're not allowed in some of them. Well, especially if I do it in quick succession, because it just it's yeah, it looks wrong. <laughs> they just have to witness it. You're not even this is this isn't even in vision, you know. But there you go. <laughs> anyway, and with that, we're going to bring this episode to a close. Yes. Uh, close the lid on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think, the, <laughs> I think uh, our next episode should be our, our, our first video of Yes. Which was what we planned which for this episode. Which was scheduled for this one until is, uh, uh, events took over. We've chosen a movie each, and so we're all going to watch them. Oh, shall we, we, so we, I think we should name them. Shall so. we, yeah, well, say, seeing shall we as we know which Since ones. we didn't know in yeah. the last podcast. Because uh, uh, I've chosen 1984's Comedy Top Secret. Yes. I've chosen 1984's Certainly Not Comedy. <laughs> Birdie. I've chosen not a film from 1984, trust me. <laughs> Combo Breaker! <laughs> well, they never said it had to be 1984. No, they didn't. No. We just choice. thought it would have been really funny if, if you had completely independent. If they want me to change my choice, I'll change it to 1984. Yeah, watch that. Yeah, we'll, watch, we'll watch 1984. Well, <laughs> which one? <laughs> 
<laughs> Which was amazing. When was that made now? What year was that? Nineteen eighty five, I believe. It was made in nineteen eighty four during yeah. the time of the novel and then it released in nineteen eighty five. Um, last film that Richard Burton. Oh, okay, one what am I, what, we're not watching it. Why am I going to no. watch it anyway? I don't know. We um, might watch no, it at some I, point. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we're going to start again. Right? What was yours again? <laughs> yeah. Nineteen eighty Top Secret. Nineteen eighty four's Birdie. Not nineteen eighty four's Foul Play. I think it's nineteen seventy eight. Yes. Seventy eight. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Nineteen seventy eight. Foul Play. And with that, leave it. So, so, so if you if you want to join us and actually be sort of do some swatting up on these films, then then do do join us and we won't hear you, but do do please join us and um, uh, make your keep your advice to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, even on our first first phone in, which will, which, which, which will go well. <laughs> Cons- 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 considering how considering how I've seen it happen on other podcasts, that's not going to happen. In fact, if if you have any suggestions from 1984 that you'd like us to watch, then yes. please please do send your answers on the postcard to uh, BBC Television Centre, Woodley and Shepherd's Bush, W12 HUT. That's all one if you're outside yeah. London. 811 <laughs> And oh. it's goodbye from me. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. And I'll flip it's goodbye from me. <laughs>